this afternoon I'd like to give a guided meditation on arresting as awareness or being the knowing. There's many different ways how that can be. This is that which cannot be really put into words, but we can point towards it. So find a posture you can sustain for the next 40 minutes or so. And if you have to change posture while we are sitting, then it's fine, you know, to quietly maybe stand up or change the way you sit. Make it part of the meditation, which means doing it consciously. You know, maybe you feel an urge to move and then just became, become aware of that first. Give it a moment and then move consciously. So up to now we have been uh, sharing with you different uh, meditation methods in the different, in the four foundations of mindfulness. We were doing uh, mindfulness of the body, doing a guided meditation on the body parts, a guided meditation on the elements, and also generally body sitting and breathing in and breathing out, all of those three would go into the first foundation of mindfulness. And then, I think two days ago or so, I another body gave a guided meditation on feeling, three kinds of feelings, pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. And then yesterday on mind state, that was the second foundation of mindfulness, mindfulness of feeling. And yesterday on mind states, that's the third foundation of mindfulness. It's not necessary to remember all of that, but I just want to lay it out. And then the fourth foundation of mindfulness, we have been speaking about the hindrances and the seven factors of enlightenment. It's different phenomena of the mind. So this is the four foundations of mindfulness and the whole world, you know, every single experience we're ever going to have from birth to death can theoretically be put in one of those four foundations of mindfulness. There's no single experience which is impermanent, unsatisfactory, and not self, which is outside of the four foundations of mindfulness. So that's you know, a very kind of grand blueprint of human experience. And they can be known but often they are actually, we are just getting lost in them. And then there is suffering because they are all impermanent, unsatisfactory and not self. So if we attach to any of those experiences in a way that we want more of it or want less of it, then stress is the result of suffering. So this is, you know, inside meditation is looking at all of those experiences arising and ceasing as one of the four foundations of mindfulness and realizing that the only way to come to terms with those is letting go really because we can't control them we can enjoy them you know, as long as they last or we have to endure them as long as they last depending 
if we like it or don't like it. But we can't really manipulate them. Or maybe, you know, sometimes we can to a certain limited extent, but at the end of the day, they are operating according to the laws of nature. And we can get to know those laws of nature. And that's what we are actually cultivating in the inside meditation. Vipassana is all about that, getting to know the way things are. And then, you know, aligning our own uh, agendas or worldview expectations with the way things are rather than, you know, being uh, constantly in opposition to what's happening. And then, you know, through insight, so to say, you know, we are aligning ourselves ever more with the way things are and our suffering decreases. And that's, I think, why we're all here, because we know that this is possible. And that's why we are practicing. So that's, you know, that's uh, one side of the coin of meditation. It's about observing causes and conditions and learning from them. And then there is that which actually knows, which is aware of those four foundations of mindfulness, which is aware of phenomena arising and ceasing, which is aware of feelings arising and ceasing, body parts and mind states. And that is awareness or the knowing or Buddha nature or Buddha, the word Buddha or Buddha means awakened one. So that's what we are cultivating, that capacity, you know, to rest ever more in the knowing rather than latching on to those ever-changing causes and conditions. Because they are very limited. And then we have those methods, you know, which help us to prepare the mind for insight. But there's also a danger you know, that we get kind of lost in the methods, holding on to the methods. The methods are just like a transition, a transition tool, you know, between being completely lost in causes and conditions and the liberated state, or the liberated mind, rather. So those methods, you know, at one point we have to let go of those methods as well, because they can only carry us so far, and then we have to let them go. The Buddha spoke about the raft, you know, which takes us over to the other shore. And then once we're on the other shore, we put it down. We don't need to carry it, you know, on our backs forever and ever. We put it down and then somebody else can use it. So those methods, you know, they are uh, skillful means, but they are not ends in themselves. And you know, the methods we are speaking about are actually very simple. They can be very complex, complicated methods of meditation. And uh, the tradition we have been trained in is actually pretty modest and simple. And uh, so there is that, you know, which is awareness and which is aware of states arising and ceasing, but it also can be aware 
of itself. Awareness can become aware of awareness. And that's the method of meditation you know, I'd like to now guide you in. And it starts by you know, using a pointer which is listening, listening to the silence in this room. Or we can also say listening to the space in this room, which is only a mode of speaking because you can't really do that. But it gives, them, gives you an idea of what's meant. And the space and the silence, they don't end at the walls of the hall here. They just go on endlessly. Currently, it's said that the universe is expanding. So that space, that silence, that vastness is constantly expanding as we are sitting here. And then we can hear maybe the rain and the, the heating system. And behind that, there is the silence. It's like the screen on which a movie is uh, moving. All of the sounds are like the movie, and the silence is the screen. And the sounds arise out of the silence and go back in the silence. So they are constantly changing, but the silence is, the silence just is. It has no beginning, no middle, no end. It just is. You know, as you're listening in this way, your mind opens wide. It can't contract around any objects at the same time. Usually the mind is obsessed, you know, is, is uh, totally dependent on constantly, you know, contracting around objects like a monkey swinging through the jungle, you know, grasping one branch and the next branch and the next branch. Just can't stand still, can't have to move all the time because it's afraid. It can't just be in that vastness. And the mind is the same. The untrained mind constantly wants to chew something over, you know, something about the past, something about the future, or anything else. It just doesn't want to abide in that vastness. It feels kind of scary. And that's why the mind is constantly thinking, you know, constantly in one of the five hindrances. But if you remember, you know, to come back to the listening, then we are just dropping any object we have been contracted around. Just drop it like a hot potato. This is just being awareness. Being the knowing of what's happening. We are you know, listening to the silence. At the same time, you can hear actually the sound of the rain, 
but it's not the center. It's just there. It's reflected back by awareness, just like a mirror is reflecting whatever is in front of it without any extra comment. It's just that. And this is, you know, this is the simplicity of if we speak about any goal of the practice, to be able to abide as awareness, that is the goal. You know, any moment you can abide as that, that's a, a taste of Nibbana, a taste of enlightenment, just for that moment, and then the mind uh, contracts again. You notice it, you come back. to familiarize ourselves with that vastness of the mind, which is our original mind, primordial consciousness. We have, you know, this always already here, but we have forgotten it because of the obsession with objects. And you know, abiding as awareness in this way is also, at the same time, it gives us access to a much greater intelligence, an intuitive intelligence, which is beyond a conceptual mind. We still, of course, need another conceptual mind to do things in our daily lives, but it can't provide answers for everything. Can make a phone call or you know, write an email with that conceptual mind, but certain questions the conceptual mind cannot answer. And that mind, that vast mind, that's the hard mind. So the emphasis is on being awareness rather than being aware of objects. So after we have been meditating, you know, observing, having insight into objects like feelings, body parts, breathing, mind states, after we have observed that, you know, long enough and seen the changingness and unsatisfactoriness, we are ready you know, to shift the emphasis of the meditation from objects to that which is aware of objects. To become familiar with that, 
within which everything else is happening. And this, you know, this um, awareness or the knowing, it just knows without, we don't have to do anything. It's, it's like a mirror. It's clear. It's, it knows beyond the intellect. It's a direct knowing. For example, when you are listening like this, you, you hear the rain. You don't need to think in order to just know what it is. Usually, you know, we, we uh, relate everything back to ourselves. But this, this way of knowing is just wide open. It's not about, oh, it's raining in my car and my sh shoes getting wet and, and what I'm going to do tomorrow and blah, blah, all of that. I forgot my umbrella and all of those things. This, the rain doesn't really care, you know, it's just raining. We don't have to relate everything back to our own likes and dislikes. They are very arbitrary.
and that the practice itself is is like a we could say like a purification you know where we through the repetition of the uh, paying attention to the to the way things are and also to the four foundations of mindfulness with just this kind of uh, ego strength you know which wants to control everything it just gets it just wears out over time because we we see the futility of that and then there's a greater capacity to just rest as awareness and there's more and more that the experience of of oneness with what is happening, that we are not in opposition, we are just with what is. And there is some peace. With the way things are. You know, then anticipations, expectations, all of those movements of the mind, they are just starting to slow down. And then that stillness, the silence, you know, which is always already here, just becomes much more accessible. Because the chatter is is just slowing down, thinning out. And then that the satisfaction which comes from being that stillness is much more you know nourishing, much deeper than if you're constantly running around trying to manipulate everything so that you you know, have what you think you need and all of that stuff. So listening to the silence behind the sounds or we can also say, listen to the space within which everything is arising and ceasing. And there's this very, you know, well-known uh, meditation question which we can pose, you know, we can listen in this way and then ask, you know, who am I? And listening, you know, what is the answer? Who am I?
and the answer which is coming back, this is the true nature of the mind. Primordial consciousness, original mind, Buddha nature, so many different names. And if you listen in this way, we become aware that you know experience is not happening to us, but experience is happening in us. Just allowing nature to take its course, do it seeing raining, sunshine, whatever is happening is happening. It's gonna end. It's when something else is happening. And it's okay. giving it the space. And whenever you notice, oh God, it's coming, becoming small again, you just come back to listening. In the beginning, you know, that might be not very uh, tangible. But then over time, through repetition over the years, you know, that stillness takes on a greater liveness. We have to get, this is an acquired taste, we can say, you know, just like any kind of meditation. The more we can go into the depths, the more we clear out
So whenever you notice the mind contracts around a thought, just drop it and come back to listening. It's just like a dog and you know, wanting a bone to chew on. It's just a habit. It's okay. But as soon as you notice it just dropped the bone.
So instead of being aware of objects, we are resting as awareness itself. By listening to the silence. That's the skillful means which helps us to open the mind and to rest as awareness. It is a way to cultivate, cultivate the mind by familiarizing itself with itself. So the mirror is becoming aware of his mirrorness, you could say. The words can only take you that far, then you just have to be it. And drop the, the words.
so you know the loudest sounds and the explosions and whatever they have a beginning a middle and an end and they come out of the silence and once they have ceased then the silence is there it's always it doesn't arise and cease And we can say, no, resting as this silence, resting as awareness is like the sum bonum of the practice, really. All other methods are preparing the mind to be able to stay open, to be able to not contract around objects. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.